Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Informed Catholic Podcast. Uh, my name is Ned Jabbar, so let's open up with a prayer, please. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord who by the Holy Ghost was conceived, born of the Virgin Mary, raised, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and was buried. He descended unto hell, and the third day he arose again from the dead, and he ascended unto heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come again to judge the living and the, uh, and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of body, and life everlasting. Amen. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, Guardian of the Church, pray for us. Saint Michael, the Archangel, defend us in battle. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Uh, the passage I'm going to read is from Revelation chapter 12. Um, I'm going to read all the way through. Uh, from uh, chapter 12, from verse 1, all the way down to uh, verse 17. And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was with child, and she cried out in her pangs of birth, in anguish for delivery. And another sign appeared in heaven, Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven didiums upon his head. His tail swept a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to bear a child, that he might devour her child when she brought it forth. She brought forth a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled in the wilderness, where she has a place prepared by God, in which to be nourished for 1,260 days. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels, fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they were defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that the ancient ser that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come, for the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. Rejoice then, O heavens, and you that dwell therein. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in the great in his great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman 
who had borne the male child, but the woman was given the two wings of a great eagle that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time and times and a half a time. And the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with the flood. But the earth came to the woman, to the help of the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river which the dragon had poured from his mouth. Then the dragon was angry with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and bear testimony to Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. The Gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So um, we're going to go over uh, kind of like apocalyptic um, literature here. Uh, there's an article I'm bringing up by uh, LifeSite News is going to be about the um, the infiltration, such as in the church, and um, basically about it's basically five cardinals um, basically believing that we're probably getting into the end times. Um, that's kind of very difficult to uh, to judge or to make a statement like that but i'm i'm not a cardinal uh, so i guess i'll leave it up to them for experts but then again we're supposed to always be on watch uh the great sun appeared in heaven obviously a woman clothed with the sun is the virgin mary and it's often that's the icon that's used we see around if you uh, are familiar with the miraculous metal you'll see that she has 12 stars, which is a symbol both for the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles. And she's always shown standing on the globe, crushing the head of the serpent. Uh, in the Latin Vulgate, it's always the woman who will crush the head of the serpent. Um, because we, we believe that since Eve was the first one to reach out and was beguiled by the serpent who, t who ate the forbidden fruit. And the Lord said, I will put animosity between you and the woman, between her seed and your seed. Um, that's only the first time in scripture where the woman's seed, because women don't bear seed, it's the man uh, biologically who do, but uh, her seed will be in animosity with that of the serpent, which is the devil and the devil and his followers, those who embrace evil and give themselves completely over to evil. And so therefore, um, this passage uh, is obviously taking us back to the Garden of Eden. And then we have here um, that the woman will bear a son who will rule the world. And that's obviously the Christ. Right here we have the nativity, the virgin birth of Christ. And it mentions here now the next is a great red dragon who has seven heads and seven crowns. Now that is, uh, here's an interesting thing. That's obviously an image taken from uh, Greek mythology, the image of the hydra. The hydra with heads, many heads. 
Now, what's interesting about that is the seven heads that John is using here is a symbol of a counterfeit church. The serpent, the devil, the dragon will set up a counterfeit church. Now, this is what some scholars believe. The fact that he's called the red um the red no the red dragon the great red dragon with seven heads the fact he's red some believe that that is the symbol of the fact of counterfeit bishops counterfeit that is cardinals who will be who will go into apostasy and they will set up a counterfeit church a counterfeit catholic church with counterfeit teachings. The seven heads represent seven false sacraments. Okay, as the Catholic Church has has her sacraments, so will this counterfeit church have false sacraments. Okay, the Catholic Church has seven sacraments, baptism, holy communion, confirmation, marriage, priesthood, you know, all, all seven sacraments that we're well aware of that the church, uh, teaches, you know, you know, holy, you know, the priesthood, uh, last rites, everything, all that is there now. So therefore this particular church will be set up by false teachers. Remember heresy in the history of the church always begins from on top, always begins with like Luther. Or you look at the history of the church with, with, with heres, heretical teachings that have, uh, heretical teachers that have risen, risen up, Arianism or any, any particular teaching that denies any particular nature or of Christ, like he has only one nature or one will, such as, he does not have a human and divine nature, nor does he have a human, uh, you know, or, or a divine will and a human will. If you deny that, that is heretical. And therefore, you have to admit that Jesus had a soul, a human soul, and he had a human will, as well as he had a divine will, a divine nature and a divine will. He's both God and man. The church has always taught that. Now, therefore, this particular church, the fact is the red dragon. And also we have the dragon has swept the, the, uh, a third of the stars of heaven, means that he has seduced bishops, clerics, and they fell into the earth. Uh, many, car many theologians have taught that that is a symbol of the seduction of the clergy. No, no one can deny that we have a problem with the clergy today in the church. And obviously it shows I'm going to read to you um, something here from uh, Infiltration. This is from chapter 31 from Dr. Taylor Marshall. And he takes this from uh, Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich. She's a mystic, an Augustinian mystic, who lived, who was born in the 18th century, died sometime in the 19th century, early part of the 19th century. So I'm going to read to you um, something that he chose from her from one of her visions, her uh, prophecies. Uh, this is private revelation. It's not equal to the Bible, but it's private revelation. Uh, here, 
the chapter one, uh, chapter 31 is called Infiltration and the Election of Pope Francis. But he begins here with her private revelation. I saw also the relationship between two popes. I saw how blameful, the word can also be translated as threatening, the consequences of this false church would be. I saw it increase in size. Heretics of every kind came into the city of Rome. The local clergy grew lukewarm. And I saw a great darkness. Then the vision seemed to extend to every side. Whole Catholic communities were being oppressed, harassed, confined, and deprived of their freedom. I saw many churches closed, great miseries everywhere, wars and bloodshed. A wild and ignorant mob took violent action, but it did not last long. Once more, I saw that the church of Peter was undermined by a plan involved by a secret sect. Over here, he has in quotations, Freemasons, while storms were, be were damaging it. But I saw also that help was coming when distress had reached its peak. I saw again the Blessed Virgin ascend on the church and spread her mantle. Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich, our locations of 13th of May, 1820. I believe she died in 1826. She was a stigmatist. Her uh, visions were liturgical. Uh, she would um, see whatever the readings were going to be. She would receive actual like visions where she would witness the events of these um, liturgical readings from scripture. And she had a lot of visions that basically, you know, it's, it's, it's debated. Her visions were used. Mel Gibson used them for her, for his passion of the Christ. But anyway, this, this is something that's very important. We have to, we have to look into here because, um, it's really something in the sense that this image of the seduction of the clergy by the by the devil, by Satan, by Lucifer himself to set up um, a false church. And it goes on here to verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had borne the male child. But the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to a place where she is to be nourished for a time and a time and a half. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with the flood. But the earth came to the woman to the help of the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river, which the dragon poured forth from his mouth then the dragon was angry with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and bear the testimony to Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the seashore. Basically, that shows that he will have power and authority, that he will, he will definitely bring a great persecution. And... This basically, this power authority would also be in line with the government. That's what many of the of of the great church theologians believe is going to happen. Of course, that's questionable. 
you could have, but we have to understand that scripture is never, uh, prophecy is never completely clear. It is even the writer himself who saw these events may not be completely clear what they were saying, but it is again, prophecy. And we have to look at that. There is a great problem. And we had this October, the Amazonian synod with these images of people bowing down to uh, this, you know, uh, images of statues of, of figurines of these uh, native figurines, which these were Catholics. Many of them were Catholics. These are people who seem to be desperate uh, to, to create a whole new religion. I mean, I don't know what's going on with, with Pope Francis. He is legally Pope. Let's just understand this. I am not questioning his legitimate right to the papacy. I can question his actions. I can, I can dispute his, what he's doing. It's wrong. Okay, I don't believe in this this whole thing with um, showing special favoritism to some native native uh, uh, behavior. I don't think it's right, but this is completely wrong, and I think it's really questionable behavior. I want to pull up the article with uh, Archbishop Vigano. All right, this is from uh, LifeSite News. Um, by John Henry Weston. I'm not going to read all of it uh, because you can actually go on LifeSite News on YouTube and see this particular um, episode yourselves. Five cardinals and two prominent bishops speak about the end times. The church is shrouded in the darkness of modernism, but the victory belongs to our Lord and his bride. We desire to keep vigil with her and with Jesus in this new Gethsemane of the end times. Okay. Now he goes on to here. Uh, I'm going to read uh, what um, the testimony of Archbishop Vigano here. Um, just before the Christmas, Archbishop Vigano released another testimony. Never before have I seen from Archbishop Vigano, this is John Henry Weston talking here, this type of Fortrightness. In his testimony, he said the following The tragic story of this failed pontificate advances with a pressing succession of twists and turns. Not a day passes from the most exalted throne, the supreme pontiff proceeds to dismantle the See of Peter, using and abusing its supreme authority, not to confess, but to deny, not to confirm but to mislead, not to unite, but to divide, not to build, but to demolish. The material heresies, formal heresies, idolatry, superficiality of every kind. The supreme pontiff, Borgoglio, never ceases stubbornly to humiliate the highest authority of the church. His action seeks to violate the sacred deposit of faith, and to disfigure the Catholic face of the Bride of Christ by word and action, through duplicity and lies, through those the uh, theoretical gestures of his that flaunt spon 
spontaneity, but are most meticulously conceived and planned, through which he exalts himself into continuous narcissistic self-celebration, while the figure of the Roman pontiff is humiliated and the sweet Christ on earth is obscured. Pretty uh, heavy um, words, extremely very powerful words. For more than six years now, we have been poisoned by a false magisterium, he added. But Archbishop Vigano points out that the modernism has been affecting the church since at least the Second Vatican Council. Over the last, over these last decades, the mystical body has been slowly drained of its lifeblood through unstoppable bleeding. The sacred deposit of faith has gradually been squandered, dogmas de uh, destroyed, worship and secularized, and gradually profaned morality sabotaged, the priesthood vilified, the Eucharistic sacrifice Protestantized, and transformed into a a a, bank, uh, a um, carnival banquet. Now the church, I'm using the word carnival banquet here. It's not in the article. I just don't know how to pronounce this particular word. Now the church is lifeless, covered with uh, metasis devastated. I don't, I'm sorry about the word here. The people of God are groping illiterate and robbed of their faith in the darkness of chaos and division. In these last decades, the enemies of God have progressively made scourge the earth of 2,000 years of tradition with unprecedented acceleration thanks to the subversive drive of this pontificate supported by the powerful Jesuit apparatus. A deadly coup de grace, death blow, is being delivered to the church. With Pope Regolio, as with all modernists, it is impossible to see clarity since the distinctive mark of the modernist heresy is dissimulation. Masters of error and experts in the art of deception, they strive to make what is ambiguous universally accepted, presenting it from its harmless side, which will serve as a passport to introduce the toxic side that was initially kept hidden. Father Matteo Libretto, Society of Jesus, and so the lie absently and obsessively repeated ends up becoming true and accepted by the majority. The result of this abuse is what we now have before our eyes, a Catholic Church that is no longer Catholic, a container emptied of its authentic content and filled with borrowed goods. The advent of the Antichrist is inevitable, is part of the epilogue of history, of salvation, but we know that it is the prerequisite for the universal triumph of Christ and his glorious bride. Those of us who have not let ourselves be deceived by these enemies of the church in, in the ecclesial body must unite together, face off against the evil one who is long defeated by yet still be able to harm and cause the eternal perdition of multitudes of souls. But those who had, who had the Blessed Virgin, our leader, will definitely, def definitively crush. He concludes his reflection, which you can read in full, 
Okay, that's uh, I'll read it maybe another time. But the Gethsemane of of the end times. So, um, as we can see here, he's saying that we're living this. This, this is the church's Gethsemane and in the end times. But it's, but it's not only Archbishop Vigano who sees these times as apocalyptic. Another bishop whose voice God has raised in these perilous times to international recognition is the Bishop of Kazakhstan, Bishop Athanasius Schneider. In recent interview with the remnant Michael Matt, aired in November, November of last year, his excellency makes the same comparison to the current times of calamity in the Church of Christ's Passion. His Excellency spoke in a way that reminds one what the Catechism of the Catholic Church says most, especially when it notes that the Church will enter the glory of the Kingdom only through its final Passover, when she will follow her Lord in His death and resurrection. The Catechism also states that the Kingdom will be fulfilled not by a historic triumph of the church through a progressive ascendancy, but only by God's victory over the final unleashing of evil, which will cause his bride to come down from heaven. God's triumph over the revolt of evil will take the form of the last judgment after the final cosmic upheaval of this passing world. In terms of cardinals in the church who are speaking out on this subject, we we turn first to his eminence, Cardinal Raymond Burke, an American cardinal, in July 2017 at the, uh, in, at the Church Teachers Forum in Kentucky. Burke said that the confusion, division, and error within the Church are coming from shepherds themselves, even at the highest level. Remember what I said at the start of this episode, that heresy always comes from on top. His eminence said that this indicates that we may be in the end times. Okay, we may be in the end times. We are living in the most troubled times in the world and also in the church, he said. In such pervasively disordered cultural condition, there is legitimate fear of a global confrontation which can only mean destruction and death of many. Clearly, the present situation of the world cannot continue without leading its total annihilation. Cardinal Burke repeated these words in December 2017 in an interview with Paolo Gambi published at the Catholic Herald in the United Kingdom. In the present moment, there is confusion and error. This is Cardinal Burke's words about the most fundamental teaching of the church, for example, with regard to marriage and the family. His Excellency said, he then described the debate in the church over communion and divorce and remarriage. There is today a confusion as to whether there are acts which are intrinsically evil, and this, of course, is the foundation of the moral law. When this foundation began to be questioned, when the church then, the whole order of human life and the order of the church itself are un endangered. So there is a feeling that in today's world, that is based on secularism with a complete um, anthropocentric approach. Sorry if I butchered that word. The church itself seems to be confused. In that sense, one may have the feeling that the church gives the appearance of being unwillingly to be obey the mandates of our Lord. 
then perhaps we have arrived at the end times. The feeling we are in the end times was expressed also by the late Cardinal Carlo Caffara, one of the signatures of the Dubier. Four cardinals put out a Dubier for clarity by Pope Francis because of his Amoris Latitiae, but because Pope Francis has never answered it up to this, up to now, this very day, he has never answered it. Now, this is going to Kafara, uh, uh, what he said, speaking at the Rome, at Rome Life Forum in May 2017, Colonel Kafara recalled the letter of Sister Lucia of Fatima sent to him speaking about the final battle between our Lord and the kingdom of Satan being over marriage and the family. Sister Lucia was one of the th one of the uh, three children of Fatima and he knew her personally, Cardinal Kafara himself. He said it was his conviction that what Sister Lucy had said, written him about is being fulfilled in these last days of ours, which he remarks, which he remarked. Now, she did write him a letter and said that the final battle will be over marriage and over the family. And look where we're heading to now. Look at the situation now with the um, gender ideology, with about gay marriage, with about, uh, you know, all the different genders listed now. We have a couple of maybe several, 40, 50, maybe even 100, who knows. And now that we have about uh, children being put through possibly gender surgery or whatever, I mean, it's, you know, people questioning whether they are a man or a woman. Now we're facing this problem. And now the question over, over gay marriage or same-sex marriage, our society coming to this is obviously... She foresaw this way back sometime in this, uh, I believe, might be the 70s and 80s, even before. She herself has, has continued to have visitations of the Blessed Mother, and no one denies it. No one doubts it in the Catholic Church because we believe that Christ has the power to send his mother on earth to, to speak, to, you know, to give a message to humanity. Um, a third Carnal has also spoken of these times with apocalyptic references. In the lead up to the Amazonian Synod, Cardinal Walter Brandmuller, <clears throat> excuse me, the, fr uh, the frightening question arises whether the protagonists of the Synod, the protagonists of the Synod, are not more concerned with, a, with the, the attempt secretly to replace religion as man's answer to the call that replaced the, the sacred teaching of the church, this religion, with a man-made religion, and to the call of, the, of its creator by a pantheistic natural religion of man, namely by a new variant of modernism from the beginning of the 20th century. It is difficult not to think of the eschatological texts of the New Testament, he explained. Well, pretty much what I read to you from the book of Revelation as the Pachimamba scandal broke out during the Synod, Cardinal Brandmuller made direct references to the apocalypse warnings of Christ, calling the Pachimama idols in the Vatican the abomination of desolation set up in the holy place. He's quoting here what Jesus said in the um, Matthew 24. I'll read it to you. Uh, Matthew 24, verse 15. 
So when you see the desolating sacrilege spoken by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take whatever what is in his house. I'll stop there. So, um, Brand Mueller uh, made references, obviously, to the apocalypse warnings of Christ, calling the Pachama idols the abomination of desolation, which I just uh, read to you. Cardinal Walter Brandmuller had made the references while pressing the actions of two young men who were from Austria, who threw the Pachamama idols into the Tiber River. He called them Maccabees, courageous Maccabees, who have removed the abomination desolation in the holy place. The uh, as are the prophets of today, he said. Use of apocalyptic language is not only coming from the Dubier cardinals. Cardinal Gerhard Müller, who was unceremoniously removed by Pope Francis, was the head of the of the powerful Vatican Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith, issued his Manifesto of the Faith in February of last year. In that heroic document, His Excellency said to keep silent about these and other truth of the faith and to teach people according to the greatest uh, about the greatest deception against which the catechism vigorously warns. It represents the last trial of the church and leads men to a religious delusion, the price of their apostasy. This is from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, article num number 675. It is the fraud of the Antichrist. He will deceive those who are lost by all means of injustice. They have to close themselves to the love of truth by which they should be saved. He's quoting also Second Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, verse 10. For our, for our fifth cardinal, we have Cardinal Wilhelm Jacobs Edgick of Netherlands. Writing in the National Catholic Registrar in May 2018, Cardinal Edgick said, observing that the bishops above all the success, uh, bishops and, uh, and above all the successor of St. Peter failed to maintain and transmit faithfully and in unity to deposit of faith contained in the sacred tradition and sacred scripture. I cannot help but think of Article 675 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The Church's ultimate trial before Christ's second coming, the Church must pass through the final trial that will shake the faith of many believers. The persecution that accompanies her pilgrimage on earth will unveil the mysteries of iniquity in the form of religious deception offering men an apparent solution to their problems at the price of apostasy from the truth so um <laughs> the carnal uh edgex quotes uh, number of 675 the catechism of the catholic church because there are Cardinals who plead for the blessing of homosexual relationships. I refer to the paragraph of the Catechism as a warning. It states that shortly before the apocalypse, voices will rise within the church itself and even among the highest authorities of the church who will express divergent opinions in relation to Catholic doctrine. I did this as a warning. Let us be careful not to find ourselves in this situation. So, 
It's a long article. And I'm going to continue with Vigano here. Now in, now it is our turn, without equivocation, without letting ourselves be driven out of this church, whose legitimate children we are and which we have the sacred right to feel at home, without the hateful hordes, horde of Christ's enemies making us feel marginalized, schismatic, and excommunicated. Now it is our turn. The triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, co-redemptrix, and matriarchs of all graces passes through her little ones who are certainly frail sinners but are absolutely opposed to the members enlisted in the enemy's army. Little ones cons consecrated without any limit whatsoever to the immaculate in order to be her to, to, in order to be her heel. We must become Mary's heel, he's saying the most humiliated and despised part, the most hated by hell, by which together with her will crush the head of the infernal monster. The church is shrouded in the darkness of modernism, but the victory belongs to our Lord and his bride. We desire to continue to profess the roaring evil that besieges her. We desire to keep vigil with her and with Jesus in this new Gethsemane of the end times to pray, to do penance in reparation for the many offenses caused to them. All right. So I'm going to end it here and we're going to continue next time. Um, this is really something we have to think about because we're going, we're going to head soon to Lent. And I think a lot of us, out of love for our friends, our relatives who suffer from uh, same-sex attraction, who suffer from homosexuality, who, f who suffer from gender identity problems. We're not supposed to hate them. We shouldn't hate them. We have to love them and we have to pray for them and we have to fast and we have to um, pray the rosary for them. Uh, pray the rosary for their salvation. Pray the rosary that they can be delivered. We have to we have to do it and we can't I don't think arguing with them uh I don't think doing that is is a helpful thing because this is something that has to be delivered supernaturally. It has to be by the grace and power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um arguing about for them to try to change is not going to help. I think we have to pray for them. So I'm going to end it here. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen.